means community and connection. That's what leadership means. For a long time, there's been a narrative in law that if you make the most money and you build enough hours and you then somehow become partner, that you're a leader. That doesn't make you a leader. That just makes you someone who got a lot of job promotions. What makes a true leader is someone who is there to show up and give value and not expect anything in return, who is there to look back, bring your brothers and the sisters and the law up with you, mentoring them, nurturing their superpowers. If we do that and people are seen and feel heard and feel empowered, that is when you have the most successful employees, the most successful lawyers people who stay at your firm forever and ever, like people who are lifelong to you. That is true leadership in the law. It's not a job title. Welcome to Lawyers Who Lead, a podcast that challenges the notion that the law lags behind. I'm your host, Seagal Barnes. Each week, I invite a lawyer who's making powerful changes through extraordinary leadership. In each episode, we'll travel through another lawyer's life, identify what they do best, and then devise how to apply these concepts to your own world. So let's get to it. Welcome to Lawyers Who Lead. I'm your host, Seagal Barnes. Our guest today is the founder of Powerhouse Lawyers, a community empowering women in law through community and connection. After seven years practicing, this lawyer shifted her focus towards empowering women in the profession and dismantling the toxic narratives keeping women overwhelmed and stuck trying to do it all. Please welcome our next lawyer who leads, Erin Gurner. Erin, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. If we can start with our gratitude question, what is your favorite thing that happened so far today? Oh my gosh, I had a coaching call with a brand new client and it was, that is where my soul feels so full because I know that I am in my zone of genius and I can just see the impact on just one call. And I say it all the time. I literally have the best seat in the house to watch these freaking amazing women just step into a better version of themselves. And it is so freaking cool to watch. I just, I can't even. And on that note, if you could just share briefly what it is that you do and what do you coach women? The ethos of my company is really community and connection amongst women in the law. I coach female lawyers one-on-one. And the other large part of my company is I host in-person live retreats for female lawyers to give them a chance to get away from life and law and connect with other powerhouses who want the same things. So yeah, I'm I'm both. I'm the community and I'm connection. And I also coach female lawyers one-on-one. Fantastic. So I think this is a great transition into your lawyer origin story. I'd love for you to take our listeners through how you got to this amazing place. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Lord, we may not have enough time. (laughs) Let's see. So I am one of those people who I had no lawyers in my family and I went into law school because I didn't know what else to do with myself. I've found that there are two camps of people, like people who know they want to go to law school forever and ever. Amen. Other people who don't know what the heck they want to do, like myself, who go on to law school thinking that's the next best step with little to no information. I used to be very like shamed about that story, but now I realize that I am in a large camp of people who've done the same. So power in numbers, on we went. And I actually really, dorkingly enough, loved law school. Like I straight up really liked law school. I loved learning all of that stuff. I'm a geek. I like to go to school. I I don't know. Maybe there's something wrong with me. Who knows? 
There isn't though. I feel the same way as you. I love yes. to learn. I graduated at the very top of my class. I did all the things, went to big law, just kept pushing. And once I got out, I was like, wait a second, this is not what I thought was going to happen. It was just full on drinking from the fire hose, full on big law experience. My anxiety was kicked into like a notch that was not healthy. And then I became a mom. And that just shifted everything again, because nothing was in alignment. When I got back from maternity leave, I was in a job where I couldn't even work from home. This was pre-COVID, like that was not even a thing. I did not have community and connection with anybody. I had no female mentors. I didn't have any like female lawyer groups. And so it felt very much, you want to go be a mom or you want to be a lawyer because you can't do both. So I chose to stay home and that then ignited a whole unraveling of who the heck is Erin if she is not an attorney? You do all this and then all of a sudden that identity is no longer there. And I didn't realize how much who I was and my worth and what I apparently meant to this world attached that directly to a job title. So through that work and figuring out what I really wanted to do with myself, because after I was staying at home and shout out to all the stay at home moms, because I did that and I have been there and it is one of the toughest jobs that I've ever done. But I also just knew that there was something else there. So I started my own business actually with a network marketing company, something I never thought I would do. But what that experience gave me was a chance to step my toe into entrepreneurship and to step into my gifts, which was to lead and inspire and empower other women to step into the highest versions of themselves so they could create additional income for their families. And once I was in that space, I was like, oh, wait, this is what feels really awesome. And then I had that little bit of confidence of like, oh, I can go out and build this. Why can't I go out and build my own brand? And I kept attracting lawyers like flies, like they just kept the women were coming. And so it was just very much of the universe being like almost taking you by the shoulders and shaking you like you have these gifts and there are women who truly need you. And so here comes powerhouse lawyers. And it's just developed into this incredible community of women that I never had in my legal profession, but I know is so necessary. And it's really like just magic. And I just can't wait to keep going and keep growing it. Amazing. You say that you had a lot of women that were drawn to what you were doing and, and were looking for help from you. Can you just take us through a little bit of what that process looked like at the very beginning? How were people knowing about you? And what were you saying that were that was really resonating with others? Great question. So I was putting myself in the rooms with the people who I knew were my clients. And I was just putting myself out there and offering my value and expecting nothing in return. So in the beginning, I started a free coaching, a beta coaching group. I was like, all right, let's see if there's any interest in this. Threw it up there and I had 40 women in my DMs. I was like, whoa, hold on a minute. I just hit something crazy. And so I had that first beta group with those women. And then that led into obviously more clients. And I just, again, kept putting myself in rooms. I went to networking events with attorneys. And through that, it was just hitting the pain points on the head and knowing that women are overwhelmed. We are on the hamster wheel. We we feel like it's never enough. I was just saying the things that everyone was thinking and then offering them a space to actually like have it validated and say like, me too, and there's nothing wrong with you. Let's like dig in there a little bit. What are some of the ways in which this is manifesting for people? Is it generally big law? Are you seeing people across the board that are practicing? 
Are you providing solutions? Are they finding these solutions on their own? How does that work? So that's a great question, too. And honestly, my clients span all kinds of the gamut of law. A lot of them have been practicing for maybe 10 plus years. They've become moms. And now they're like, what do I want this to feel like? What do I want this to be like in five or even 10 years? And my job isn't to fix anything for them. What I simply do is I just hold up a mirror to them and I'm just like, this is how you are showing up in the world. And here is a different perspective of the way you could think about it. And here are some small, simple mindset and action tips that you can do that are completely going to change your life over the long term. They are just on the hamster wheel. And I am just simply there offering them a place to stop, to get quiet with their thoughts and to think about what they actually want what they actually want to be doing, what not what they think they should be doing, what they actually want to be doing, and then reflect to them how they're showing up in the world and how maybe a different perspective could offer a different result. And by extension, you have been creating these in-person events, like these retreats as well, which you mentioned earlier. Talk to me about that. What does that look like and how does that complement the coaching that you're doing? My gosh, what happens in these retreats is they're small and intimate, eight, 10 women max. And the first key step is I take them out of their environment. I take them out of the busy law in life because we can say all the time, like we're, I'm, I'm stopping, I'm spending time for myself, but we're still in the hustle and bustle of our life. When we take ourselves out of our everyday environment, we really do give ourselves the opportunity to relax our minds and our brains and to actually get still long enough to think. And then what happens is these women are all in this room together and it just lights up like a cannon because they start masterminding together. So you've got all of these women achieving on this crazy high level who are moving to the next level, but who have these questions of the how in between, right? Where the how gets scary, who, what, when, all the things that I am bringing them, the how, the who, the what, the when, they're all in the room. And then they leave that retreat and they are on fire. And now they know, A, that they're capable. B, they have a game plan and C, they have a group of like badass powerhouse women who are there to support them the entire journey. I've had women, two women go out on their own, start successful legal practices since leaving the retreat. The amount of growth that happens with these women is just incredible. They just needed this experience to take them to the next level. And I love this idea of this recipe, right? Having someone that you can trust, who you can speak to uh, at a dedicated time that really provides you that space, having the ability to then take yourself out of the environment that you're in so that you can truly focus on that space in a deeper way, and then having a group of people around you that are supporting you and are at the same level as you that can really almost crowdsource like the best things for you and also making you feel like you're contributing to the community as well and enabling yourself to, to share your expertise. Right. I love that. And I wanted to touch upon a conversation that we had when we first met. And we talked about this idea of not having to apologize for our talents, skills, and strengths and being confident and saying, I'm pretty awesome. Can you share like how that came up and like, Talk about why that's so important. It's something that I actually didn't realize the significance of until I got back from the first retreat because I was sitting in the room with these women 
And, you know, as the host and the facilitator of this, of course, like I am wishing and praying and hoping that these women all come together, all these strangers. Granted, that's the key to this whole nexus is these women did not know each other before this experience, which is what makes it extra insanely awesome. So I'm hoping that they will all come together and this will happen. Well, I am equally as affected. Like I am here being transformed. This is a really freaking fantastic idea, this retreat. This, this is brilliant. And not being like, ooh, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Maybe that was a lot coming from me. Maybe they're going to think I'm too much or like, I don't want to be that girl. When you are in a room with everyone who's, hell yeah, you're that girl. And we get to acknowledge ourselves for all that we have accomplished. Because frankly, we never do that. I get on coaching calls with women and I'll be like, all right, give me your win for the week. Silence. I'm like, okay. Like, we know we're talking to a high achiever. You ask them for a win for the week. And because they did not hit a home run, they have nothing to say, right? We are so scared unless it's a literal home run to even acknowledge. And even then, it's, ooh, is that too much? We are allowed to step into this and say, yeah. There, there's a difference between being pridely boastful. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is acknowledging and stepping into that accomplishment and that achievement and knowing that it is meaningful and that it is powerful and to help it give you confidence to keep going. That's like your foundation of confidence to keep moving up. Yeah. When we say, well, I don't want to be that, that woman or that girl. I don't want to seem boastful. I don't want to be too much to who. Right. And why is that the deciding factor on how we're feeling about ourselves and the pride that we can take in saying, like, I'm super proud of myself. I think I did great work. I think I did a great thing. This is the type of self-talk that I think really needs to be nurtured and that you're doing that within these retreats. So wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. I just think it's time for women in the law to start coming together because from what I know to be true, when we're together, we are absolutely unstoppable. Like magic in a bottle is happening. So the more women in that community, the more change makers are just flying all over the place. So on that note, what does leadership in law mean to you? It means community and connection. That's what leadership means. For a long time, there's been a narrative in law that if you make the most money and you build enough hours and you then somehow become partner, that you're a leader. That doesn't make you a leader. That just makes you someone who got a lot of job promotions. What makes a true leader is someone who is there to show up and give value and not expect anything in return, who is there to look back, bring your brothers and the sisters in the law up with you, mentoring them, nurturing their superpowers. If we do that and people are seen and feel heard and feel empowered, that is when you have the most successful employees, the most successful lawyers, people who stay at your firm forever and ever, like people who are lifelong to you. That is true leadership in the law. It's not a job title. Agreed. What is something that other lawyers seem to misunderstand about the work that you do? They don't understand the benefit because as lawyers, many of us think that we can do it ourselves. We're like, oh, I need a website. Yeah, girl, let me Google that. I can get on YouTube, figure that out. Same thing with coaching and self-care and all this kind of stuff. It's, oh yeah, I had this conversation with Aaron. I can go figure that out on my own. Girl, I can journal. I can be quiet on my own. I can go off and do this on my own. Well, if that was true, then you would have already done it and we would not have been having this conversation. 
they don't understand the value that can happen and how fast you can move forward and up when you invest in yourself. The return on when you invest in yourself is for a lifetime because it's not just for that however short-term period you work with that coach. It's for the rest of your life as a mom, as a daughter, as a wife, as a friend, as a colleague, the ripple effect keeps going and you keep growing. But you can't grow unless you're taking the time to invest back in yourself and you can't do that all alone. It it, it recognizes that we aren't just a lawyer trying to figure it out. Like you said, you're a lot of things, actually. And recognizing that the investing in yourself is not just about being a lawyer. It's about how do I continue to be a human being in all these different ways so that I can excel in all of these different things? You want to, when you wake up in the morning, how do you want to feel? Like, do you know what I mean? I want to feel excited. I mean, granted, am I tired some days? Am I excited to make a lunch? I mean, no, but like I am live in gratitude for my life. And there were times that I did it. And it was because my mindset, my actions, nothing was aligned with my core values, what I wanted to do, who I wanted to be, all that kind of stuff. And a lot of times we just get trapped on this hamster wheel and we just need someone to just take us by the hand and say, it's okay. There's nothing wrong with you. And there is a different and better way. If there was one thing that you could change about the legal industry, what would it be? The narrative that there is only one way to practice law. Don't tell people that you can go and get a law degree and do anything if you try and then teach them the exact opposite. Lawyers are incredibly brilliant creatures. And I will say, knowing what I know now, my law degree has come in super handy in a lot of facets of my life. However, it took a lot of healing and a lot of self-awareness to not judge me for using that law degree in a way that wasn't what I was told to when I went to law school. For a while, especially when I graduated, there was one way and one way only, which was big law. And if you did not achieve the big law status, yes, there was practicing on your own or going to a nonprofit, which all were framed as less than, which are not, right? But there was nothing beyond those kind of frameworks. Do you see a trend towards people seeing that differently now as they get out of law school? I do. I think I think COVID pushed us into a place that we can't come back from. And I think I, you, I am getting, actually, for example, I was asked to sit on a CLE talking about attorney burnout in the first five years, and then another CLE about what you can do outside of law with a law degree to a group of law students just to make them understand or at least empower them with the information that there are different options. It's so funny you were saying big law, this and that. I think on a large scale, no, I think that narrative is exactly still the same. But I think on a smaller scale, it's changing, which is why community and connection is so important because surrounding yourself and finding the people in your network who know people doing this work or who are operating like this, that's who you need to talk to. That's who you need to talk to. For example, don't you remember in law school, people who hung their own shingle were the people who couldn't get a job? I'll tell you what, those people that hung a shingle in my class are the wealthiest, happiest lawyers I know. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) It's so true. Hello. They were entrepreneurs before you were. You know what I mean? That was the narrative, though, graduating law school. If you didn't get a job, then you hung your shingle. Now, those people actually knew what the heck they were doing and didn't want to work for anybody. And they now are the wealthiest, happiest lawyers. I know I'm not kidding. So what is a piece of practical advice you can give to our listeners? These are leaders and future leaders in law. Revisiting your core values is always a great place to go back to. How do you want to feel in your health, wealth, in your relationships, in your spiritual life, in your career? How do you want to feel about that? three months from now, six months, five years from now, like what are your core values and are you aligned with them? 
and is the way you are living your life today currently aligned with them? And if life feels hard and it feels stressful and it feels exhausting, then I am inclined to think that you're not. And maybe it's time to stop and have a reevaluation. I think that's excellent advice. And it's something that I've been working on myself for a really long time, which is what are my core values and how do I ensure that the things that I'm doing or the things I've chosen not to do are aligning? And I think a lot of us are people pleasers. When somebody asks us to do something, we don't want to like say no because we want to help and we want to be there for others. Um, But there is a point in which you have to say, is dedicating my time to X, Y, and Z aligning with the larger goal? And if the answer is no, it's okay to exercise that and then be proud of it, right? And I always tell people, just because you're saying no or eliminating something right now doesn't mean it's forever. Life ebbs and flows. I was having a conversation with a girlfriend and she was committed to train for a marathon that doesn't really align with what's going on in her life right now. And she was like basically avoiding exercise because she didn't want to train for the marathon. I was like, we can get say goodbye to the marathon. And that's okay. Maybe you can run a marathon next year. Right. Maybe you can run a marathon in six months. But right now is not the time to run the marathon. And you forcing yourself to do it is just doing you a disservice, right? Like it's just being okay with saying that's not an alignment for me right now. Maybe it will be one day, maybe it won't, but I'm okay with like my priorities are my priorities. If you want to stay in alignment with those, then there's some things you've got to get rid of. What would you say to a situation where someone is, let's say, concerned about burning a bridge uh, by saying no, or that this is an opportunity that potentially would come once in a lifetime seems dramatic, but like, you know, once every, you know, let's say 10 years or so, but they know that it doesn't align, but they're fearful of losing out on that situation or burning a bridge. To me, honesty is always the best policy. People appreciate honesty more than anything in this world. At least that goes true for me. If someone came to me and said, and, and in fact, I've had to do this and I was afraid of burning the bridge, but I knew that it was not in alignment with me. And I just said, I appreciate the opportunity. I am so honored that you have that much faith in me and that you would like to work together or whatever it is right now. I am not in alignment with that. And me saying yes to this opportunity would be a disservice to the clients that you want me to serve. If I said yes to something that didn't work for me, then I would be doing a disservice to everybody who I was working for. And that's not fair. And I owe you more than that. Yeah. If someone came to me with that, I don't know how. Yes, you can be disappointed, but angry and burning a bridge would not be my response. Great advice. Thank you. So final question. What do you do for self-care? I walk a lot outside. We recently moved out of Dallas to the country. And so I am like surrounded by nature. The leaves are changing. I love to sit outside on my back porch. I drive a lot because again, we live in the country, so nothing is close. I drive a lot in silence, just allows me to like get my thoughts out. I love this idea of driving in silence. I think that's really interesting because even when I'm driving, I'm always like, what am I listening to? Should I listen to a podcast? Should I listen to music? Should I listen to the news? Should I call somebody and connect with them? I need to be productive even when I'm driving, right? You've given me like a really important takeaway. I mean, amongst all the takeaways, but this is a really interesting one from a self-care perspective. How do I leverage silence when I'm driving, something that I have to do anyway, in a way that helps with my self-care? Powerhouse Lawyers was born in that time. That retreat was born in that time. And granted, not all the thoughts that come up during that time are exciting and fun or cute, but that's also the point, right? right? We need to let that stuff come up so we can actually 
get a handle on our thoughts and be aware and say, that is not a true thought. We're not doing that. And it also just allows your brain to rest for a minute and the creativity to come through. So you actually feel your intuition, that, that thing that tells you you're moving in the right direction. I'm so doing that. Thank you so much for this. I am so honored that you are on the show. If anyone wanted to reach out and connect with you, what's the best way they can do that? If anyone wants to connect with me, I am at Erin Gerner, E-R-I-N-G-E-R-N-E-R on Instagram and on LinkedIn. Or you can go to ErinGerner.com and find out more about me, find out more about the retreat and all that kind of stuff. I also have a podcast called Powerhouse Lawyers, and you can go check me out there too. Thank you so much, Erin. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate everything that you're doing for women in the community. Thank you so much for having me. I just adore you, sweet friend. We just have such a a special connection. I am just so honored to know you. Thank you, leaders and future leaders for listening today. We have a new guest every week, so don't forget to join us next week. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe or follow us anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. You can also follow at Lawyers Who Lead on social. Let's celebrate and continue to build a community of leaders in law together. Lawyers Who Lead is made possible by Lawline, the leading online platform for lawyers who want engaging, relevant CLE and professional growth content. For over 20 years, Lawline has helped hundreds of thousands of attorneys level up by providing award-winning courses in hard-to-find areas and high-demand fields. They have so many courses to choose from that are actually really interesting to listen to and watch. That's why Lawline's rated the highest in the industry, with almost five stars and over 1,000 verified reviews on Trustpilot. Lawyers who lead listeners get $100 off Lawline's unlimited annual subscription, which means you can take as many courses as you want for a really good price. Just visit lawline.com slash podcast to get the special offer. Check out Lawline for the best content for leaders and future leaders in legal.